Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Daily Daf Differently. My name is Rabbi Avi Soslin. Today we are learning Daf Nunchet, page 58, in Masechet Eruvin. At the bottom of our previous page, the Mishnah begins to explain how exactly one measures those 2,000 amot in the Tchum Shabbat, that area outside of one's town in which one is still permitted to travel on Shabbat. So how does one measure it? With a chevel, shel chamishim ama, with a rope of 50 amot. Lo pachot, velo yoter, it should not be shorter nor any longer. Velo yimdod, ela keneged libo, and a person should measure it by holding that rope up against his lave, up against his chest. Um, so that the other measurer will hold it up against his chest, and that will be the cleanest way of measuring these 2,000 amot, 50 by 50, with a rope of 50 amot repeated four times. The Gemara asks, what is the derivation for this? And once again, we see that the proof text for this Trum Shabbat is connected to the Mishkan, the tabernacle that uh, came with us throughout our 40 years in the wilderness, and the chatzer, that courtyard of the tabernacle, which, according to Shmot, um, had a rochav, a width of chamishim v'chamishim ama, uh, 50 by 50. And so that makes sense to the Gemara that we would use the chatzer of the Mishkan, as we talked about yesterday, as the source for this, and we would make the rope 50 amot long. The Gemara then continues by asking what exactly is the material of this rope, and the response is given that it's a particular kind of plant, a nargila of afsikama, afsikima, excuse me, um, a plant that the rabbis don't seem to know very much about, but that ultimately they explain by saying, oh, it's this nargila, it's a certain kind of palm tree, um, and it has one vine. So the Gemara then brings a question. Well, it seems as though Michel Shalaot Shel Barzel and iron chains would be better for measuring. And in fact, we can understand this. Iron chains don't stretch. A reed, any kind of rope could potentially stretch. The measurement might be less exact than iron chains. But the, the um, great line here is, What can we do? It's such a um, fun little moment. The Gemara says, there's nothing we can do. The Torah brought this quote that says, in his hand was a measuring rope. Now, where is this quote from? It's from the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel, in chapter 40, describes the third temple. He is having a vision of the future, and in the future, in this vision, 
the temple will be measured with this rope. So once again, the source texts that the Gemara uses for these things are just so beautiful because again, this idea of bringing into the, um, the whole discussion a redemptive vision, which doesn't even exist today, but of course we'll use the rope um, for measuring our tchum, which will be used one day in measuring for the third temple. And then there's an interesting continuation here where the Gemara says this particular kind of rope should be used because it's used in two other places um, in the Gemara. First, in the case of the para aduma, the red calf, which was used to purify those who had come into contact with a corpse, this calf, this cow had to be treated so delicately that it was hung by a rope made of this same kind of reed. And the second case was that of the sota, the wife that was accused of adultery. Um, she would, as part of the ritual um, in which she was accused, in which she would try to prove her innocence, her dress was ripped, but this kind of reed was used to be sure to hold up her dress so that she was not overly exposed. Interestingly, both of these examples seem to be in a strange way about bringing people back into the community to widen the circle of the community and those who are permitted to participate in it. The para aduma allows those who have become tamay with a human corpse to return to a state of tahara and thereby to participate in the community. The sota, although it is, um, it has many troubling aspects to it, in theory, should it be successful, allows the woman to return to a state of normalcy in her marriage and again to rebuild a home and to be included in the community. I think in many ways the function of the Tchum Shabbat is, is this exact function, to allow the boundaries of the community to widen. This becomes clear lower down on our daf, on Amud Bet, on the second page. The Mishnah continues uh, by explaining how one should measure topographical challenges, a valley or a hill. With regard to Tchum Shabbat, we simply span those areas. That is, we reach directly across them and measure the distance as if they were flat areas. In the case of a steeper hill or a steeper mountain, the Mishnah says we can even be koder, we pierce the mountain. We imagine we are actually measuring straight through that mountain. Uh, I hope you are studying from a text with pictures because I think it's a lot easier to understand. But basically, if you can imagine, one person would place the rope at his chest, as the Mishnah said, and the next person would stand above him on the hill and grab the rope by his feet, reaching another rope from his chest to the feet of the person above him. So this is clearly a kula. This is a leniency. In other cases um, that require measurement of a specific area, you would not be able to just measure straight through the mountain. The Gemara provides two examples, the egla arufa, the calf's head that must be um, when a corpse is found between two cities, there needs to be a very specific measurement to see which city comes closer. And in that case, we do not 
pierce through the mountain. We actually uh, measure it along the ground so that every inch of the ground is covered, which in fact could shorten the distance. And the same is the case with an Irmi cloud, a city of refuge, where a person um, is protected from um, from harm in the case where he has accidentally killed someone. And he's only protected to a certain radius outside of the city. And we do not pierce through any mountains or span any um, any topographical changes. Instead, the measurement should creep along the ground. So again, that shortens the distance considerably. So in fact, the Mishnah at the bottom of 58a tells us explicitly that the whole point of the Trum Shabbat is to be lenient, is to be lehakel. Many of the associated rulings with Trum Shabbat are about leniency. For example, if there's any discrepancy in the measurements, if you measure twice and once you find that the Trum should be longer and once you find that it should be shorter, the, the ruling is we always accept the longer measurement. So I think it is clear that the Tchum Shabbat becomes the very essence of expansiveness, expanding those boundaries, representing our ability to move freely, to come back into the community on Shabbat, and perhaps even um, in other times as well, as our examples of the Para Aduma and the Sota may suggest. Um, the Trum Shabbat allows us to be more inclusive, to allow more people to experience the expansive nature of the community and of Shabbat, rather than limiting the area that one can call home on Shabbat, the Trum Shabbat builds a wider circle. And it is clear from our daf that the rabbis intended this to be as wide a circle as possible, to expand our community and the sense of freedom within it rather than to limit it until tomorrow. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the open and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epichorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.